We love information. In order to communicate information, we need mediums. In today's world, this means we're dependent on things like newspapers, magazines, radio, television, and the internet. For those of you that don't know, media is simply the plural form of the word medium. Now the thing is, is that these mediums have incredible power to influence, both positively and negatively. The reality is that if you're in the world today, you have a relationship with mass media, so it would behoove you to understand it. The first thing to understand about the media is that regardless of what any member of the media or whatever media platform says, the media is actually not for you and it also isn't against you. It's not here to directly benefit you and it's not here to destroy you either. The media, end of story, is a business. Now, when it comes to business, everybody has a reason, a very personal one for why they're in that particular business. And everyone has their own personal best interests to consider. The media is focused on what sells. And the only way to do this is to focus on what gets attention, ratings, and subscriptions. Another way of saying this is the media is focused on delivering information or entertainment that matters to people. The primary reason that you shouldn't immediately swallow and immediately believe anything that you hear or read or see on the media is specifically because of that. It's a business. When it comes to business, the first thing that you need to understand is there are always personal best interests, personal interests, to consider. The question is, what are those interests and whose? There are several elements that determine what is considered important to someone, what matters, things or elements that capture people's attention. Elements like conflict, threat, crisis, intrigue, the bizarre, intense, death, celebrity, impact, timeliness, proximity, and human interest, which is basically stories about people that evoke heightened emotionality. All of us know by this point that the media is not exempt from corruption. <laughs> I mean, no business really is. With any business, it's really up to the individuals within that business and the platforms themselves how closely they're going to operate according to ethics and standards or how much they're going to abandon them. I'm going to tell you a little personal story. The first time in my career that a major news outlet ran a slander story about me, and my lawyer, my entertainment lawyer, contacted them. It was very calmly explained to me by both this entertainment lawyer and the media platform itself that this is actually a good thing. Why? Because once you get to a certain level of fame, let's say that there's a little under-the-carpet contract that occurs, though not in writing, it's understood in the business that once you get big enough to be of interest to people, what they will do is they'll write a negative article about you, at which point you are then welcome to spend a large amount of money to pay them to do a positive one, after which they will do a negative one, after which you will pay them again to do a positive one. In their mind, this actually benefits you and them. Why? Because they get to capture the attention of the people who are interested in you, and you get to stay relevant. 
Now, when I asked them, well, why don't you just do a positive article? The answer is pretty obvious, because that's not going to get the kind of attention that a negative one will. <laughs> In other words, nobody actually cares how good of a person Teal Swan is. This should terrify you, because if money can dictate what is or is not put up on these mediums, then it is corporations that in fact rule news. It's corporations that rule media. Whoever has the money is the one that's going to dictate what information is put out or not. In other words, if money dictates what stories are done and published or even which ones are suppressed, the information being shared can be dictated by the corporations that would most benefit by that information being shared or not shared. This is what is happening right now with pharmaceutical companies, for example. Healthcare is a business, right? And you can see all these different sectors in healthcare. You can see hospitals, you can see individual clinics, you can see alternative medicinal clinics. These are all to be looked at as different sectors of the overall healthcare business. Now, media is this overall business with several sectors as well. Every platform of media is going to be different, and they are not all created equal. For example, we know that some news channels offer only completely biased reporting, whereas others are more reliable in terms of offering a balanced story. Something that needs to be understood, but of course is going to create a lot of resistance in the news media sector, is the fact that it's not actually possible for an individual to do a story that isn't biased. It can be a goal, but not actually psychologically possible. <laughs> we should all be completely in support of things like the ethics code of journalism. However, they often run counter to human psychology itself, and any philosopher could successfully win a debate where the argument is that it is possible to be truly balanced and fair when an individual is the one representing information. This must especially be understood relative to news media, because news is a business for journalists and reporters as well. Something that interests me particularly is that when people watch the news, they seem to think that those news channels reporting those things or those journalists covering those stories is some sort of a Good Samaritan act, like sharing the truth is something that we do for the good of mankind. What I need you to do is to get this idea out of your head. Though there may be journalists who also have some motivation mixed in there to tell the personal truth and think that that's super important, I'll explain that later, it's not a Good Samaritan act. These stories are covered and these things are done specifically to drum up good business, because media is a business. A reporter is not a self-sacrificing philanthropist. He or she has a career. When he or she decides to cover a story, it is done for the sake of the advancement of his or her own career. The way they report on a story, the content they decide to report on, and the way they conduct an interview is based on their own success. When a celebrity or a politician sits down to do an interview, they are also focused on one thing, and that's to get their message across. Now, to people who are sitting there and watching in one of these interviews, it's pretty tempting to think that they're having a conversation where the job is to ask questions and answer questions. That actually isn't the case with media. It's not their job to do that at all. In fact, it's not their focus. Even though it seems like they're having a conversation, they're playing two different games. It's a game of mutual use, and to be quite honest with you, that game is usually a zero-sum game. It goes a little something like this. A reporter is trained to put people in the exact position 
that they want them in for the sake of their own career advancement. If somebody they're interviewing gets overly emotional or falls into one of the many traps that they are trained to set, then what's happened is that the reporter gains in terms of their career advancement. If the person being interviewed doesn't fall into any of those intentionally placed traps and instead manages to convey whatever message they want to convey for the sake of their own advancement, they win. Hopefully what I've just said will make it make sense to you why our president answers questions or evades them the way that he does. When people first become aware of the reality of the media, usually it's a little bit of a disillusionment process, and it's tempting to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but this is not what I'm arguing for at all. Any more than I'd be arguing to throw a business out of the window <laughs> entirely. So the thing to understand is that media is actually important, and we all want it. And reporters and journalists and these people who work in the media are people too. There's always subconscious and conscious reasons why we gravitate towards the specific careers that we do. Because this episode is on media, I'm going to take you for a little deep dive into the subconscious and conscious reasons that would cause somebody to become a reporter or a journalist. Now, this is in the sector of news media. Most journalists and reporters were deeply wounded in their childhood relative to their incapacity to actually gain importance. In other words, they were surrounded by people who didn't actually see them as as special or as important enough to deserve their full-blown attention. So they had to get importance in other people's lives in roundabout ways. The closest they could get to feeling important was by being a part of something that those people in their lives found to be important. They had to be a part of it all and in the middle of it, or else they were completely alone. The story that a journalist or reporter will want to tell or choose to tell is the story that will make they themselves feel or seem the most important. Ironically, because of this, they're prone to shadow important strategies. For example, there's a natural envy that exists in them towards people who are seen as important. This creates a subconscious desire to tear down the people who are important enough for them to report on in the first place. They also feel important in the power they hold, which is being in the know and being in control of the perspective of the viewer i.e. public opinion. All this being said, reporters and journalists, people who work in news media, tend to have extreme moral streaks. In other words, they're conscious enough of having been deeply hurt by someone and conscious enough of their deep need to be included in the social group to not want to be important for being the bad guy. Instead, they want to be important for being the good guy. The best way to do that is to go for the role of the hero. The shadow in this, of course, is that if you choose to see yourself as the hero, you can come up with all kinds of excuses and justifications for the behavior that you're having, and you can condone almost anything. This is what journalists are doing when they play buddy-buddy with people so as to get the inside intel. Even though in the normal day-to-day -day life we would consider that massive betrayal, they can consider themselves heroes because doing so enabled a nightmare person to really reveal their true colors. The sister wound that drives people to become journalists or reporters also is along this line of morality. It's an absolute obsession with truth. This wound that drives people to become journalists or reporters is being hurt by untruths. They have this in common with many scientists as well, ironically. 
This is the wound that makes this profession more enticing than other professions where one could get importance in a roundabout way. I have never in my lifetime sat across the table with any journalist or reporter who didn't have this wound of being deeply hurt by untruths. For example, damage or consequence that came from false information, lying, gaslighting, naivety, anything that's along those lines of untruths is their deep, deep wound, besides the importance or unimportance factor. Because of this, truth and what's real becomes their definition of safety. It becomes an absolute obsession. And they see themselves as public heroes for being the ones to establish that truth, to offer that truth, to show you that truth. Now the subconscious motivation in doing this is that if they can do that for you, they're going to spare humanity and everyone the pain that they themselves suffered. The thing is, especially the longer that somebody works in media itself, a journalist or a reporter is destined to run into an existential crisis relative to truth. The deeper that they get into exposing truth, the more they're going to find that truth is incredibly complicated. It is much more than meets the eye. It is multifaceted. It involves multiple perspectives. It gets more and more slippery the deeper you get into it. It's difficult to establish and people can influence it with a simple difference of inflection. <laughs> so when a reporter or a journalist naturally gets into this existential crisis, what determines how ethical or non-ethical they're going to ultimately be as a journalist or reporter depends on how they handle this existential crisis relative to truth. The people who are not going to handle it well are going to be so upset by the fact that truth is difficult to get at that they're simply going to mistake their own subjective perspective as the ultimate truth. Now, if a really good journalist meets this existential crisis and allows an evolution to happen, their own perspective is going to get wider, 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 and they will get better, actually, at unbiased or balanced reporting, as possible as it can be, at least. <laughs> Obviously, there are many wounds and motives and beliefs that would negatively tarnish one's ability to accurately seek and tell the truth. Obviously, when a person's own importance and career advancement juxtaposes the truth, it presents a bit of a conflict of interests for somebody who possesses both interests. But truth seekers and truth tellers are needed. Information is needed, and entertainment holds immense potential. Media is a business just like any other business, and you actually have a hell of a lot more control over it than you think, and this is going to be my core message for you today, because most people feel out of control of what's in the media. You're not out of control of it. In fact, you're dictating it. Because the media is a business that operates specifically according to what gets attention, ratings, and subscriptions, it kind of depends on what you are deeming important and what you give your attention to, doesn't it? It is, in fact, people that are in control of what's on media. The downside of all of this is this. Much of what drives your attention is biological. That being said, you can actually expand wider than your own biology, become aware that your biology is dictating a lot of what you give your attention to, and you can instead be in a place of conscious choice in terms of where to put your attention. The media is primarily a reflection of what interests humans. If people change what they're interested in, the content on the media will change. 
Every time you watch a show, every time you click on a news story, every time you tune into a podcast, you are voting for what information is important to you. And each vote you cast adds up to the picture of what is important to the human race. So from this day forward, when it comes to giving your attention to anything, think about your vote. If something is important enough to capture your attention, ask yourself why. Why is this important to me? Every time you watch something, every time you click on something, that's an invitation for the media to show you more of that. For this reason, everything you deem to be important enough to deserve your attention is shaping the future. Have a good week.